It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tapped out, Baysmore takes it away from Hayward. Baysmore on the run. Hood stops his progress. Hayward spikes it off the glass. All the way into the front court. You are Locked On Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 20th of November. The Jazz were very, very good while you were eating turkey. The defense was stifling. Why is Mac getting minutes over Dante Exum, Hill and Hayward are quite a combo and a huge stretch ahead. Plus, we'll look around the NBA. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Glad to have you with us. I will touch on a bunch of things today, many of which I just mentioned to you. Today's show is brought to you by Jamalto which is a security company protecting against the breach. Don't protect. Protect once the breach comes. That's the way it's going to work. I'll show, explain that to you in a little bit. Uh, but a regular show today. Hope everyone's well. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about trying to get the Quinn Snyder show on um, posted. It doesn't seem to be that's going to happen. So what I think I'm going to try to do is when Quinn gives me an answer that I think is interesting and not game-related, big-picture-related. I'll try to edit it, and we'll kind of have Quinn. Quinn Essential was a piece we were going to do before. We'll have Quinn Essential moments, and I'll, I'll drop that into the program every now and then. I don't have one for today, but I just thought I'd share uh, that that was coming up on the program. Uh, if you've never tuned into this before, it is a daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Each and every day, Monday through Friday, we bring it to you. Uh, hope you are... Uh, if you're a long-timer, thank you very much. Uh, it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got a national show called Locked On NBA, and we have an individual podcast on every NBA show as well. All right, we'll break down the performances of the Jazz this weekend. We'll look at why Max getting minutes over Exum. We'll look at Hill and Hayward and their combo together in the upcoming stretch. But first, we like to start every single one of our shows with a fun little feature called Pins Across the World. What this is is that you guys send in a little note to me at dlock09 at gmail.com and tell us where it is you listen to the show from and how it is that you became a jazz fan. And today comes from Ethan Labyrinths. Uh, when I was younger, I played football and baseball, but I hated basketball, Ethan writes. I hardly ever would play it and couldn't stand watching it. It wasn't until about two years ago I began really watching basketball. My best friend, Forrest, begged and begged me to start watching the Jazz. I started to watch some games about halfway through the 14-15 season, listen to the games on the radio twice as often. I live about a half hour north of Salt Lake, so when the 6-2016 season started, I began buying tickets and started going to as many games as I could. Afford, I was learning everything I could about the Jazz, and that's when I found your podcast. I remember the first one I ever heard, you were getting a little heat over some jerk talking smack about the Jazz when 
when it was injuries that really affected the team, not because the team was bad or something like that anyway. I don't know if you remember that podcast, but it was quite memorable for me because you were so passionate about the team and really helped me get excited for the Jazz and the NBA. Now I watch all things NBA. Play basketball my favorite, is my favorite sport, and I listen to your podcast every day. I consider myself a humongous Jazz fan. That's kind of cool. Uh, also, if you have time to answer a question, do you think or is there a stat out there that says players who shoot with sleeve jerseys miss more often than sleeveless. It has not been done, uh, but it's we have not shot well with the sleeve jersey yet this year. That is true. So, Ethan, thank you very much. That's a cool story. Feel free to tell two or three or four or five or six or seven of your friends about the podcast as well. Maybe create more jazz fans in your social circle. Uh, I am expecting a pitcher of hot water to be delivered at some point during this show, um, but I've been waiting for, like, ever for it, so I don't have any confidence, but if I have to stop, that's that's why. All right, let's get to the tip-off story of the day. Uh, the Jazz were just brilliant, particularly against Atlanta uh, and against Denver. I mean, the Denver game really, to me, was a little bit of the what the value of injuries. They didn't have Danilo Gallinari. They were on the back-to-back. We were suddenly the fresh team and looked rested, and we were, and we were really good and, uh, you know, began to have the, the formations of a healthy lineup together. As George Hill played uh, and was had 22, and Gordon had 22, and Rodney dropped 16, and Gobert was dominant with 19 and 13, one of the better games of his career. But the Jazz defensive rating, they held Denver to 84.4 offensive rating that night. And the game was actually fairly fast-paced. So, uh, and, and a little bit of that is no Gallinari and them being tired, but uh, the Jazz just crushed them. And then the Jazz took it to a brand-new level against Atlanta. They held him to 68 points on Friday. If you were out for Thanksgiving, missed a defensive rating of 72.4. Defensive rebounding rate of 89%. Uh, the Jazz, again, were brilliant. Hill with 23, and Hayward with 24, and Rodney didn't have a good game. It didn't matter. And that's what jumped out to me the most that night, was that when you have Hill and Hayward t- healthy together and Rodney available for you, and now you got all three of those guys you know, if if Rodney kind of has his up and down still being a third-year player in the NBA, it doesn't cost you the game. Whereas, you know, without George, I mean, I think we probably win if we have 68 points, but I'm not sure we hold someone to 68 points. Dennis Schroeder was 6 of 19, and Emmanuel Moutier, uh, two nights before that, was brutal also. When, when George Hill's, what George Hill's doing defensively is as impressive as what he's doing offensively. So, you know, Moutier's one of eight in that game. And Dennis Schroeder starts tonight five of six, finishes six of 19. Jazz defensive numbers are riding high right now. I mean, you pull two of those together in a short, small sample size, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, you work to the top. And, and the Jazz will be the number one defensive team in the NBA here shortly if they didn't already become it last night. Because Atlanta plays the Warriors. <laughs> the Jazz are the number two defensive team in the NBA right now. The Atlanta is number one. And when Atlanta goes and plays the Warriors here, it might they might get close again. Atlanta is at 97.3 points per uh, 100 possessions. We're at 98.7, so it would have to be a pretty big night. But Atlanta struggling badly uh, along the way. So the Jazz are, are beginning to do what you expect them to do, which is they are – you know, and actually, I think I didn't think they could be a top five defensive team without Derek Favors, and we'll see whether or not they're able to uh, continue that against better t- 
teams um you know Atlanta's pretty good so uh and Denver's I, that's why I pause is um is because I kind of wonder about whether or not you know if that's the right way to phrase it but Atlanta's not great offensively Atlanta's 21st in the league offensively Denver's 18th in the league offensively so we'll see what happens now tonight the Jazz play Minnesota team that's 12th in the league offensively you know the top 10 offensive teams right now are the Warriors the Cavaliers, the Raptors, the Rockets, we play them back end of a back-to-back. We'll see if the defense can hold up. Spurs, Clippers, Bulls, Blazers, Celtics, and Lakers, and we play them twice on the road coming up. That'll be telling. All right, so why is Dante Exum, why is Shelvin Mack getting minutes ahead of Dante Exum? I know that's the question uh, that many of you want an answer to before we give you that answer. Let me tell you about uh, Jamalta. Uh, Jamalta's an interesting company. I, I got to know uh, about Jamalta through our, our local sales rep, Dan Spence. Uh, Dan is the regional sales manager for Utah and introduced me to Jamalta. It's it's pretty interesting concept. So uh, if you think about it from a basketball standpoint, you can try to keep people on the perimeter as much as you want, but in this day and age, without hand checks, without pick and roll, or with the pick and roll, it's almost impossible to keep the de- the ball from ever penetrating the paint. And so then you better protect the rim. And really, data security has become the same thing. And that is that it used to be that you tried to protect uh, against the breach ever happening. And and that's become somewhat of an unrealistic way to do things. The breach is happening. The numbers are overwhelming. The reality is that that protection has failed. Millions and millions and millions of dollars when spent on it, it's just not working. So then what you have to do is you protect the breach. So the equivalent to me is you protect the rim. So data is the new gold, and they're after the gold. So what do you do? You encrypt your data. Then you store and manage the keys for those who have access to the data. And then you deal with controller user, control user access to that data. Jamalto's interesting. They're the global leader in digital security. Dan Spence is the regional manager here in Utah. And if your company needs to deal with data security better, then you need to call Dan and call Jamalto. Uh, Dan's number is 801-540-3024. That's 801-540-3024. Dan.Spence at Jamalto.com. That's Dan.Spence at Jamalto.com. Protect the breach. Protect the rim. Protect your critical data and let Jamalto and Dan uh, do it for you. 801-540-3024. 801-540-3024. Dan Spence at Jamalto.com. Right, so why is Del- Dante Exum, Shelvin Mack playing in front of Dante Exum? And the simplest reason, it's not even, I think, complicated is that Quinn Snyder thinks it gives the team a better chance to win right now. Uh, I think Quinn's into winning and nothing else. And that might be hard for some people to swallow. Uh, But let me take it from a non-analytical standpoint first. And then I, I will say I find it comical that a lot of people email me who often cite numbers, I'm now getting emails from those people not wanting to cite any numbers uh, on it. So the first thing is, if there's something that happened to our roster in the offseason, it's a negative, it would be that we lost some toughness. 
Okay, we don't have um, we. You know, Trevor Booker was probably our toughness uh, in the off season, and I don't feel like you kind of look at anybody else on our team and say, "Wow, man, that's a tough beepity beep." Shelvin's got a little of that. Shelvin is that guy. He he has that uh, that level of toughness to what he's doing. So I think part of that is just the com- composition of the roster right now means that probably Shelvin gives the Jazz something that maybe uh, Dante doesn't. Uh, the other one is if you start to dig into it a little bit, and Quinn's been alluding to this, is that Dante's defense this year has not been what it was two years ago. Now, I don't, you know, is that still recovering from the ACL or uh, whatever it is? I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, but the Jazz defense with Dante on the floor is 101.5. When he's off the floor, is 96.4. The team is actually better defensively when Shelvin's on the floor than when he's off the floor. So interestingly, in this early going of the season, what we all think of as Dante's strength, which is his defense, has not seemed to materialize yet. Now, just coming back from the ACL, worrying about his offense, worrying about figuring out who he is in the league, there's a lot going on for Dante right now. And that doesn't mean I don't think Dante, you know, this is, again, I said I wasn't going to evaluate him until, you know, we're 45 games into the season or so and let him just kind of get his bearings from being coming off the ACL. Uh, the other way to look at defense, and the sample size on this is not great, but it's all we have right now, is is real plus minus, in which Dante was, you know, in the top third of point guards in real plus minus in fourteen fifteen. Right now, he's seventieth out of eighty two point guards. So that's not great. And Shelvin is kind of right around that top quarter of point guards defensively on real plus minus. Uh, the other one I thought was interesting. I was trying to look. I was looking at some of the hustle stats, see if I could learn anything uh, from the new. And I really like. I really like some of the stuff that they have out there now. Uh, the screen assists I really like uh, that the NBA has out there. It's, I got to find it today because they've redone their whole. Um, they relisted. They redid their site today. NBA.com's all all redone. Um, so I have to, you know, have to kind of look around and figure out how to find stuff today, and I can't I can't find it yet today. But uh, uh, and when I looked the other day at hustle stats, you know, one thing I was looking at was deflections, and it's not you know again we don't have a great sample size, but Shelvin's getting almost at a deflection more per game. Some of this is now Dante's minutes are down, so this is not you know the end all of of all uh, statistical breakdowns. But I think Shelvin was about two point four, and Dante was about one point seven deflections a game. Uh, you know, I look through synergy. The sample sizes aren't great on that to try to do anything about it, but it does seem as though um, pick and roll defense by Shelvin actually is better than Dante's right now. So then the question is, you know, who runs the team better? And and frankly, I, I don't I don't think either of them run the team great. Um, our offensive rating when Shelvin's on the floor is 102, and when Dante's on the floor, it's 95. So... I think the simple reason why Dante Exum is not playing and Shelvin Mack is is because right now Quinn Snyder thinks that Shelvin Mack gives the Jazz a better chance to win. 
And you, if you want to argue that, well, Dante should play just for the sake of development, that's legitimate. Um, and do I think Dante will play again this year? Yeah, absolutely. And get back in the rotation. Uh, though when Alec gets healthy, it'll be harder. There'll be less rotation minutes. Uh, but I think you just have to, you know, ebb and flow with it. But I think if you want to know why, I've getting a lot of emails about it. I think the simple, simple answer is that at the current time, Quinn Snyder believes that Shelvin Mack gives the Jazz a better chance to win. And numerically, I'd say he can back that he can back that argument up if he'd like to today. Uh, is you know, and is there a long term answer that it's better off for the franchise to play Dante right now? That's a probably legitimate argument too, but I'm not sure there's a lot of uh, long term decisions being made at this point in the season, which has this much riding on it, uh, in which the Jazz are. Uh, one game over 500 with a real chance right now to to start doing some damage. There, there's a real chance the Jazz can make some inroads and do some pretty fabulous things right now. The schedule is is soft, and this is a chance for the Jazz to go, you know, win 10 of their next 15 games and be 19 and 13 and moving in the correct direction or maybe even better than that. So I'm not sure right now is the time in which – there's a lot of interest probably from Quinn to be doing anything that's developmental based. Uh, and, you know, just th- those are that's my quick answer on it. Uh, one to keep an eye on is what the impact that George Hill is having on Gordon Hayward. Uh, and maybe vice versa. Uh, George Hill is playing exceptionally well. Aaron Falk wrote a nice piece about him in the Salt Lake Tribune about you know how he's just playing with the ball in his hands more than he's ever played. Uh, he's having just an incredible year. Gordon Hayward's numbers um, are getting are better the last three games. And what's interesting is his three point shooting when he's on the floor with George Hill is forty two percent, and when George Hill's off the floor is twenty four percent. These guys have still only played eighty two games together all year. 82 game, 82 minutes, excuse me, all year. So we'll see what happens as they continue to play together more, whether or not it materializes into really relieving the burden on Gordon that we've all thought it was going to. The offensive rating of the Jazz, when the two of them are on the floor together right now, is a 113.5, which generally would make them the number one team, offensive team in the league. Uh, I mentioned it a moment ago, uh, but the Jazz have a huge stretch coming up here and a lot of home games. Tickets are available. Uh, we'll be home against uh, Miami, uh, Houston on Tuesday and James Harden. Then Thursday, Miami, and Saturday, Denver. So three home games to choose from if you're going to come out and visit this week at utahjazz.com. And then there's fabulous holiday packages available as well. So if you're looking to stocking stuff for somebody, or some of these are just you know bona fide the gift Give them the gift and uh, nice packages uh, connecting both fans, gift cards, uh, as well as movie passes uh, and uh, as well as, uh, uh, what did I say, fans, fans, movie passes, and bees. So the alley-oop package is two tickets, a jazz game, and a Megaplex uh, gift card for $20. New Megaplex going on in Cottonwoods is supposed to be gorgeous. That's just for $49. 
But you go to a game, the fast break package is $39. Uh, the buzzer beaters, $115. includes two tickets to see the Jazz versus the Cavs. Two tickets for an additional game and a $10 fans gift card. That's $115. So check them all out there at utahjazz.com. If your company is interested in advertising on Locked on Jazz, you want men. If your company is looking for men between the ages of 18 and 44, 25 and 54, we are 98% men listening audience. We've clicked. I don't know what our 1% woman went, where she went. Uh, but the... And we're about 74%, 18 to 44, and 25 to 54 uh, men. A bunch of data recently showing that podcast listeners are more likely to support sponsors than other media outlets at a rate of 56% more likely. So feel free to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com if you'd like to have your company get in the holiday rush. We have a tiny bit of inventory left between now and Christmas. So if you want to get involved, do so. We've got more inventory after the first of the year. All right, let's look around the kind of the NBA where we stand. Right now, what has taken place? Uh, the Warriors are rolling. If you haven't noticed, they have the number one offense in the league, as everyone expected, and the number one offense, maybe in the history at this point of the history of the game. Uh, if they finish the season with this rating, they'll be the best offense we've ever had. Cleveland is a pleasure to watch right now. They're thirteen and two. Also, uh, they are just they. I watched their game against Philly yesterday, and Philly's not great, but they are an absolute pleasure to watch. Houston's doing everything I thought they would. They are seven and four on the road now. They're eleven and six overall. They scored a hundred and seventeen and a hundred and thirty in their last games. Since Patrick Beverly's back, they're really playing well. They've won five of six. They dropped one twenty six on the Blazers, one eleven on us, ninety nine on Detroit, one oh two they lost to Toronto, one seventeen on Sacramento, one thirty on Portland. So they are they are rolling, and James Harden is just doing absurd things right now. He's assisting on nearly 50 points a game. 30 points a game, excuse me. No, was it 50? Had to be 30 points a game. 30 points a game and dropping 30 points a game, which, <laughs> I mean, he is just MVP caliber. And their offense is, is good enough that their defense doesn't need to be great. I mean, this is what my theory was on them all year long, that they – that, you know, if you can be top five offense or defense, Jazz number two right now defensively, you you would just win a lot of games. Houston's the fourth ranked offense in the league behind Golden State, Cleveland, and Toronto right now. They're playing, uh, they're not playing anywhere near the pace everyone's talking about. They're 14th league in pace of play. But they are just torching people right now. And their defense is not great. It's just kind of like Toronto. They're They're actually almost the exact same. Uh, Portland's defense is the worst in the NBA still. And then they got torched last night. By a lot, actually. Portland's allowing 110 points per 100 possessions. Brooklyn's at 109, and the Lakers are next at 108.5. So only one team is within two of the Lakers. Sacramento's at 108.4, and then it drops all the way to the Knicks at 107.2. So there's, there's some real concern... I would think if you're a Portland Trailblazers on what's happened to you defensively right now. There's also should be concerned with Atlanta. They've lost five of six and been blown out in three of their last four. Not entirely sure what's happened to the Hawks. And the other one, obviously, keep an eye on is Clippers have lost two in a row. I'm not sure I'd panic about it, but they hadn't lost two in a row, obviously, all year with the way they're playing. Their offense is down to sixth in the league. Their defense is still great. Uh, but they have come back to life ever so slightly. 
uh, as they headed out on this kind of brutal road stretch they're on. But they beat Dallas on the first game of this road trip and then lost to Detroit and got a night off and then got blown out by Indiana. They played Brooklyn on the 29th, Cleveland on the 1st, and then they played the back end of a back-to-back into New Orleans before coming home for a really long homestand. I think, they, I think they're home then for about 10 straight days uh, before they head back out east. So keep an eye on them. I don't, you know, the only thing I would say, if, there's, if they lose to Brooklyn or New Orleans, then there's something funky going on. Uh, but their losses are weird. I mean, they lost at home against Memphis and home against Oklahoma City and at Detroit and at Indiana. That leads you to believe that there's maybe a little bit something not as quite as great. I mean, they have the great win and a blowout win over the Spurs. Uh, and they have a good win over the Bulls, who are really good. But it does, otherwise leaving a little bit um, to be desired when the way they've played their last two. So that's that's worth at least keeping an eye on. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Hope you're doing great. Thanks very much for tuning in. Tell a few friends if you like the show. Feel free to put up five stars. And then check out the NFL shows today. Great weekend of NFL football last week. So you can pick up the latest on the NFL with Locked on Podcast Network. Each team has their own daily podcast. The Broncos show is back up and running. If you're a Broncos fan, really good uh, with the Mile High guys. So feel free to grab that uh, Locked on Broncos back up and running and really strong. It is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked on Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked on Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked on Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.